Welcome back, everyone. I'm Tony Brown, and you're listening to Firearms Cafe, the show where we discuss the philosophies of responsible firearms ownership, as well as the relevant issues and challenges that we face in the current gun culture. Before we jump into the show, let's get the contact information out of the way. You can contact me several different ways. I have the voicemail, which is area code 206-745-2731. You can also record an MP3 or WAV file and email that to me. If you're not comfortable with recording an audio message, please feel free to contact me via email, and I'll read your comments out on the next show. The address for both email and audio content is firearmscafe at gmail.com. That's all one word, firearmscafe at gmail.com. I also have a Facebook listener page, a Twitter account, and a YouTube channel. There are buttons for these at the website, which is firearmscafe.com, so please go there and click on these buttons and like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, and subscribe to me on YouTube. They are all free. If you would like to support the show financially, at the website there is an Amazon search box. If you use it, Amazon will give me a finder's fee on any products that you buy at no additional cost to you. I also have a donate button through PayPal. I'm looking forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you for spending your time with me and listening to the show. Hey everybody, what's going on? Today is Sunday, it's the 1st of February 2015. As I am recording this, it is Super Bowl Sunday, and actually the Super Bowl is going on right now. Usually what I like to do is I like to set it on the, on the, on the, uh, what's the DVR, and then I can kind of watch it at my leisure, and I can rewind it and do that stuff, and what I'll do is if I don't want to know who won the game or anything like that, I will, uh, I'll just kind of stay away of, you know, from Facebook or from any of the other stuff. You know, it's funny. I'm not really that big of a football fan. I enjoy watching it and everything, but I don't really have a favorite team anymore. Uh, and so when usually in a game like this, what I'll do is I'll just pick one. And then that way it kind of gives me, uh, gives me some aside to root for. Uh, but I I do enjoy watching it. But uh, lately, uh, over the past few years, I've kind of uh, strayed away from it. So anyway, I did get some feedback for the show, and so we'll we'll play that. It was actually a voicemail that got it got sent in through Google Voice. You know, that's one thing with a Google Voice. It's not the greatest in the world, and while I know it's sometimes a little bit more convenient, sometimes the sound quality isn't that great and it's actually really pretty easy most everybody has the um oh the smartphones you know either whether you've got an iphone or one of the android systems almost all of them have a type of voice messaging or a way that you can record your voice and send a message and they're usually pretty easy to do that and it's also pretty easy to email me that in but also too with that you're not going to be limited on time or anything like that which the the google voice will cut you off at about three minutes and sometimes the quality you know you can get lucky and sometimes the quality is actually pretty good most of the time it's kind of crap uh, i used to use and i forget the name of it like k7 or something like that but uh, they wanted to uh, start charging or i lost the number i can't remember what it was i think they wanted to start charging it and it wasn't worth it for the amount of people that would actually send something in to the show, most people will either just email, have me read it, or they'll uh, they'll call with Google Voice, or they'll do their own MP3 or their own WAV file and send it to me that way. 
uh, which if you want to do that, that's like I said, any, any way you want to send in feedback is fine. Hey, everybody, you guys just got time warped, believe it or not. My uh, daughter came in after I'd gotten about three minutes in. So anyway, we uh, she got back from doing a Girl Scout cookie sale booth thing and uh, at the grocery store, and, you know, they did it right before the Super Bowl started, so they were getting all that traffic of people, you know, going out to get the last-minute stuff and all their other kind of jazz. So anyway, we had dinner and all that stuff, and now I am back, and I've kind of lost my train of thought, so I'll try and jump back in here and see what we can get going. One of the things I did want to talk about on the show today is the the idea of if you do A, B, or C, are you or are you not on a list? And we'll, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Uh, we did have some feedback, and I will go ahead and play that. Now I'm trying this a little bit of a new way. Uh, I've got it set up to go through the mixer and into the computer and out into the other stuff. So hopefully this, uh, this should work. So let me see if I can get this going here. Hey, Tony, this is Captain Cook in Springfield, Missouri. I was uh, listening to uh, show 118 on Firearms Cafe, and you were asking about uh, a carry gun to take uh, with you when you went on your trips. Uh, look into the Ruger LC9S Pro. I've got the LC9S, and I wish I had held out for another month or so when they came out with the Pro, uh, which has no uh, magazine or gun safety. Anyway, I just thought I'd throw that at you. I'm a big Ruger fan myself. So uh, take it easy. Love the show. Take care. Bye. All right. Well, thanks for sending that in. I appreciate it. And hope to hear from you again real soon. I went ahead and pulled up the LC9S Pro. And it looks like a nice little gun. Um, It holds uh, 7 plus 1 in the chamber. So, again, it's going to be kind of one of those. And it's it's, uh, in 9mm. So, hence the, uh, the 9 so it's it's their version of sort of the single stack nine in a very small, uh, lightweight package, and it's got adjustable sights and you know all this other kind of stuff. I don't know on that if I'm sure that it must. I'm sure that must have uh, the slide locks back on the last round and everything. But it, it basically looks like it's kind of like a uh, little bit of a beefed up LCP if you know, that's in the 380. So, uh, episode 118, what you know, he was talking about was that I, I had talked about having a, a very small, lightweight pistol, mainly kind of for travel, but also either as a backup gun or for when you needed to really have deep concealment uh, and, and not be made type thing. So, anyway, I had gone with the, with the car 3D, and I've talked about that plenty, so I don't need to go into that too much. Uh, as far as prices of the pros, I don't know. It's saying on here suggested excuse me, suggested retails about $450. So you could probably find it a lot cheaper. You know, one thing I would say is if you really want that pro is maybe wait a month or two, go ahead and sell yours. And there'll probably be somebody around there who said, ah, you know, I, I, I wanted a, a, a car or a diamond back or something. And so they're going to sell theirs. I guess it depends I don't know if in your state, if, if there are private sales or you have to go through a dealer or that type of thing, uh, where I live here in Arizona, 
there's private sales. So there's always somebody that's willing to sell something. And if you kind of wait a little bit and have a little bit of patience, you can usually uh, pick up what you want for, and maybe it's not tons less, but maybe it's $50, $60 less than you would pay at a, uh, at a dealership or at a gun show, uh, buying it off of a, uh, a licensed dealer, an FFL guy. And that way, maybe that extra 50 or 60 bucks that you save, maybe that can help you buy some ammunition or help you buy uh, a holster or something like that. So you have a decent, um, carry rig. And it also looks like, blah, 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 kind of getting back to the Ruger. Um, I thought I saw something with maybe an extended magazine. It says it's used as all LC9 accessories, including lasers, holsters, and the extended 9-round magazine. So you could carry an extended 9-round magazine maybe for your additional ammo. Now, like I said, the gun holds, if you've got one in the chamber, 8. So that would give you 17 rounds you know, that you could easily carry on you. Now, he had talked about on there that it doesn't have the thumb safety and that it did not have a magazine disconnect, uh, or, which is what I think he was talking about when he said a magazine safety. So what that means is for those of you guys maybe that don't know is that if you remove the magazine from the gun, the gun won't fire. And this is, uh, is designed to be a, a safety feature. I don't really know how much of a safety feature it actually is. I could see that maybe if, if you were in, uh, if you were a police officer or if you were some type of armed security type thing and you were ending up wrestling with it and, it, and you're just like, oh man, this guy's going to get the gun away from me. If you could somehow make your focus, not necessarily on retaining the gun, but getting the magazine out, you know, of hitting that button to where it comes out and then doing that, uh, you could buy yourself some time again. It is a safety, uh, so you may not want to stake your life on that. Uh, and and uh, but if if you thought it was inevitable that the gun was going away, and you you know you you could feel your grip was getting loosened on the firearm, and and you could work that uh, that safety button, you know maybe it'd save your life. I don't know. Uh, most most people that I know are not fans of them. Um, I've I had a friend who. What he said is because he had kids in the house, he liked it because he could have the magazine sort of, or excuse me, he could have the gun on his nightstand, but he could have the magazine, he could he could uh, depress the trigger. Oh, good heavens. I'm looking at the trigger. I'm looking at the picture of the Ruger. I'm looking at the trigger. But anyway, he could depress the magazine release and kind of pull the magazine out about a half inch or so so that it, it it would not allow the gun to fire and he could kind of keep it on his nightstand and if he figured if he ever heard anything he could just pick it up and you know kind of give it a quick tap and and uh, go from there uh, now also the, the magazine disconnect even if you have a round in the chamber it's, it's still not going to fire uh, so anyway that was one of the things that he he did and I, I thought well you know I guess but He's still relatively new to the whole, um, or at the time was relatively new to the whole concealed carrying and having guns and stuff. And so there is a adjustment period, I guess, maybe, uh, that a lot of people go through 
Uh, I know that I kind of had, had, had done that, uh, with me. Um, I think I've talked about it before as I used to keep the gun inside the, the nightstand dresser drawer. And at the time my daughter was, was a, a toddler and was, you know, kind of tooling around and stuff. And I thought, well, I don't want her to come in here at night and whatever reason, be able to get a hold of the gun. So I, I put it in the drawer and, uh, the gun that I had was a Glock 17 at the time. The one that I have on me right now, as a matter of fact, but what I would do is I would lock the slide back and I would have the magazine out of the gun. And I figured, well, if we hear a big sound or something like that, it, I, I will have enough time and hopefully have the wherewithal to open up the drawer Put the slide in, or gosh, good heavens. Okay, now let's, let's let's regroup and refocus here. I would put the magazine in, rack the slide, and you know, kind of be good to go. And I practiced it several times. Uh, what I would do is I would take a, a little timer and I would kind of set it, and then I would lay down in the bed and do that just to kind of run through and see if I could do it. And you can do it pretty good, but of course now I've I've got to set up the way that I like and. Um, uh, that gives me basically security with the gun and everything like that, but I still have really good access to it. Uh, but anyway, um, that's kind of the long way around there, kind of chased down a few rabbit holes there. Uh, but again, thanks for sending that in. I appreciate it. And if any of you guys have recommendations on guns that you think are good or you've had a lot of experience with, or if there's even guns that you think, well, you know, the ones that I had, I, I, I found this to be... Uh, a poor design, or I found, uh, for me, the way that I was carrying it, it just didn't work. It wasn't a bad gun, but, you know, for me, it didn't work, and I went with something else type thing. So, uh, anyway, let's go ahead and, and let's jump in with what I wanted to talk about. And I was listening to a, a couple of other shows, and I can't remember which one it was, but one of the things they had talked about was that... People don't are afraid sometimes of being on a list. Now, especially in a state like Arizona, where there is private sales of firearms, you could, in theory, buy all your firearms from a, from a private person. There would be no record of there would be no governmental record of that. the The private person may want to have it, but. Uh, and, and that would be fine, like a bill of sale type thing. Uh, but there would be no governmental record. If you bought all your ammunition and paid cash for it, as opposed to using a debit card or a credit card type thing, uh, again, there would be no record of you ever, ever purchasing any ammunition. If you didn't, if you never went to, uh, or if you went to a gun club and you, uh, I don't know if, if if you have to sign in. Some of them you do, some of them you don't. But if you went out maybe to the desert or something like that or went out to uh, like that range that I talked about before that's down south of me where it's just an open shooting area, uh, which I really like. It's a bit of a drive for me to get there, but I, I really like that. But anyway, if you went to things like that, you could, in theory, sort of stay off the radar. And years ago, I had a, uh, I, I guess he's a, a former cousin. He was, anyway, he was, a, a, I guess you'd call him like an in-law type thing. 
he was a cousin through marriage, but he was a, a pretty avid hunter. And I don't really think, I think he maybe had an old revolver or something like that, but he, he primarily, the guns that he had were, you know, like a 30, 30 lever action and a couple other things. And he had talked about that he had gone down to a friend of his who, who owned a, a gun store and he was going to try and give the gun to him to sell. And of course the guy that owned the gun store, you know, did all the paperwork and everything. And he was telling about, it, and he's like, Oh, what do you mean you did the paperwork? He said, well, now I'm going to be on a list. And he was telling me about this and how he was, uh, not really upset, but he was more concerned. And, uh, this person is also, he's an avid hunter. He's an avid, you know, fisherman. And I said, well, let's think about it. I said, do you really think you're maybe on a list now? And he said, oh, I think so. And I said, well, I said, if they were going to, if it ever came down to it and they were going to go door to door, who do you think that they would go for first? And he said, well, I think they would go for all the people that filled out those forms because I think they, they keep them even though they're not supposed to. And I said, well, yeah, you know, the, the stores are required to keep the forms. For I think it's, if, unless I'm mistaken, I think it's something like 20 years. And if you go out of business within that 20 year period, uh, let's say you sold guns for one year, then you stopped. And then your store stayed in business. For You have to keep those, that paperwork, I guess, for 20 years. And if you go out of business anytime during that 20 year period, you're supposed to, if, uh, from my understanding, I could be wrong. If anybody's out there uh, who can correct me, go ahead and do it. But I think at that point, you have to turn that stuff into the ATF. And what they will do is look at them. They won't mark them down or anything, but then they will, at when that 20-year period comes up, supposedly, they would then destroy the records. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But anyway, I digressed again quite a bit. But we talked about how, how he thought that they would maybe go to those stores, get the records, and then kind of come for them that way. And I said, well, let's say that they did that. Where else do you, if they're going to look at records, what else do you think they would look for? And he was like, well, I'm not really sure. And I said, well, do you think they would look for people with hunting licenses or fishing licenses? And he was like, mm, yeah, I guess you're right. So, you know, the, the, the idea of being on a list, I've kind of always thought that, well, if there was going to be somebody on a list, a guy like me who does a show about firearms and firearms ownership and about wanting to have much less government intervention, uh, I would think that I would maybe be on a list or maybe be there would be a footnote or something somewhere. I don't even know if that's true. But the idea that maybe a police agency or, or maybe a f certain federal agency would just kind of compile the information and do a thing where they do an end run around what the laws are stating. And, and I can't remember the state, and this was years and years ago. I want to say it was something like Maryland or Massachusetts, something like that. Anyway, what had happened was there was a elderly woman who had bought a, a pistol and for some reason I think a, a person was looking through some records or something like that 
and saw that she was 70 plus and the police officer decided that she shouldn't be able to have it and I think tried <clears throat> excuse me tried to go get it and anyway the the it came out that when she had uh, had done the had done some type of paperwork or something, it had to go through this office. And I, I apologize, I just don't have the details. It's been so long. But basically, the the whole point of the thing was was that the way that the law said was that after three days, they are not allowed. I think it was maybe the police. They are not allowed to keep any written records. But what they had done is they had entered them into the computer. And they said, well, this isn't a written record, it's an electronic record, and there is no prohibition of uh, against us keeping an electronic record. Now, later, this stuff was, was turned over. And again, I apologize if I have some of the details wrong, but that was kind of the fallout of the stuff. So, you know, a lot of times we... We talk about, you know, registrate, excuse me, registration, there we go, leads to confiscation. And that if, if all the guns are registered, if they decide at one point that they're going to round them all up or you've got to turn them all in, they've got full-on lists. Now, will that ever happen in this country? I don't know. Is there maybe a hidden list or a, a what's the word I'm looking for uh, an unofficial registration that's already in place I mean you think about the storage of information it's very very easy if you if you look at a just a, a hard drive an external hard drive that you and I could go buy today especially in in a documents when you're when you're basically storing text files those take up very, very little information or very little room. So it would be very, very easy to do that. Is it beyond is it beyond reason to think that when we have agencies like the NSA who are going to collect all our emails, all our phone, all the metadata from our phones, is it beyond reason to say that they would try and collect information on credit card purchases? Would they look at stores, uh, especially gun stores, and look at who's coming in there? Even if you even if you went in there and, let's say, you, you bought a holster at a gun store, you bought a holster at a Cabela's, are you then flagged? Would it be easy to flag you? Uh, I don't know. I would not put it past the government to do something like that and then to put, to pull some kind of shenanigans like they did at the uh at the, at the uh, on that on that poor older woman where they say well it's not an electron it's, it's it's not written and uh, it's it's electronic information and it's not we're not really keeping a list because we're not really looking at it we just have the information compiled so it's not you know it's in no way an invasion of your privacy which is the nonsense that they pulled the with collecting all the emails and all the stuff on everybody else. So I don't know. I don't, and I guess my my question is, or my my point is, that should we even be concerned 
about being, you know, in theory, placed on a list. And I'm not talking about actual registration. And this is more kind of a thought exercise. I'm, I'm against registration. I'm against them keeping any kind of records on us. I don't, you know, they, uh, if we're sovereign citizens and we're sovereign people and individuals and our right to privacy uh, as codified by the fourth should, should preclude the government from being able to do any of that stuff. But if they're doing this kind of junk anyway, are we already on a list? I don't know. And again, it's kind of a it's a thought exercise, I guess, more than anything else. But uh, it 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 is something that I guess maybe in that conspiratorial part of my brain, the little part of it, maybe latches onto that some of that stuff sometimes. Makes me think and wonder, and I guess I don't, you know, I don't know. I guess with the def- with with a sort of black book registration, so the thing they've got kind of off the books but on the books type deal. A lot of it would be circumstantial things. And they were saying, well, why did you buy this if you don't have a gun? Like if it ever came to Roundup and they didn't have an actual official document, like an official registration document. And maybe that's the difference. You could say, oh, I, you know, especially out here, you could say where I live, well, I sold that or I got rid of them or my wife wanted me to get rid of them. So I just got rid of all that stuff. And, and I have a friend that has a gun. And so I go out and shoot with him. And that's why I still buy ammo on the regular. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's all just... Uh, nonsense but uh, I, I am concerned <laughs> about a lot of the things and a lot of the overreach that our government does so anyway if you uh, think I'm full of hooey or you think maybe I've got uh, something I may be on to something maybe if it's just a little teeny thing go ahead and either write in or call in let me know what you think let me know if I'm way off base on this type of stuff. So, uh, like I said, I think the show is going to be pretty short today. Uh, maybe. But uh, let's talk about some of the stuff that I've got coming up in the future. Oh, was it a week or two ago? I did the, um, I just said, let's talk about the future. And then I started talking about the past immediately. So anyway, let's talk about the past real quick. Not too long ago, I did a show with uh, Sticks over at the Armed Squirrels Project. And I really enjoyed that. I, I was kind of, in a way, sort of filling in for Toby a little bit, but not kind of not really. And uh, I would like to go back on there. Maybe I'll have the boys come over here. I'd like to do a show with both of them. Uh, but anyway, if you go over there and uh, download that, I think it's a couple shows back now for them. But uh, I, I think it was show 45, and I think it's Armed Ape versus Armed Squirrel. Uh, so anyway, that's always a good show, but I am going to try and do some more stuff. I definitely need to nail down a time for Chaz and I, uh, with the road gunner podcast for him to be on the show. And I'm going to reach out to some other guys. Um, I'd gotten an email from George over at, uh, new shooter Canada and, he may be coming on the Armed Ape show. I may have him on this show if he'd want to come on. Um, I don't know if he if he would or not. Uh, but also, I've I've been kind of going back and forth a little bit with Ken, who does Modern Rifleman Radio, 
uh, with Brian, and I definitely am going to want to go on their show or maybe have those guys on. I've had Ken on the show a couple times before here, but uh, Ken and I are going to do some stuff with the Armed Ape. We're going to do some more of that kind of that movie things. And what I may do is I may put out a quick, sh- uh, just a, maybe a quick 10-minute thing on some uh, some movies that we may be talking about. So if you guys want to call in over there and, and do some uh, feedback that way, and maybe it won't be so much of the political stuff that I do here. But anyway, um, I do want to get some of the other guys and try and get some more guests on the show. It's, it's just a lot of fun to do it. I know I still enjoy doing solo shows and rambling on and all that kind of stuff, but it is nice to have guests. It's nice to, uh, you know, I had Daniel on not too long ago and I'd like to get some other guys on there. I don't, I'll have to talk to Chaz a little bit about it. I wouldn't mind having John on uh, Hotaway and uh, maybe see if I can get him, rope him into coming in and doing the show here every once in a while. I think Chaz said he doesn't ever listen to many podcasts or any podcast. I don't know. I'm sure he doesn't listen to this one, but um, I would like to have him on. He is a uh, well-regarded instructor, has a lot of knowledge, and I'd like to have him on the show. So that's another thing. If you guys can think of any guests or if you can think of people that you would like to have me on, what did I just say? Would like to have on the show with me. Maybe that's better. There we go. Anyway, uh, I'm a little tired, but uh, oh, okay. I, something just popped in my head, popped right out, and then popped back in. I actually got, now, we were, I was talking about the Arm Squirrels Project, and one of the things that Sticks and I talked about was doing the apple seed. And I talked, we talked about some things about, oh, what's what are some good things that you can have, or maybe some upgrades if you've, if you've got a Ruger 1022, which is what I'm going to be using. So we talked about that. So anyway, I ordered, I ended up ordering the auto bolt release, the extended magazine release, and a, a larger charging handle on there. So what the auto bolt release will do, the way that the Ruger 1022 is set up is when you, if you lock the bolt back, it's a real fiddly affair to get that bolt to release and go forward into battery. And so if you pull on the charging handle back, it just goes tunk, 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 and it doesn't move and it won't go into battery. And it's designed that you've got like a little lever under there that you have to push up to release it, uh, which is a real pain in the butt. And it's, it's you know, it's one of those throwbacks from, I think, the, or the, the old days of Ruger when I think they were very... Uh, lawyer driven design type stuff. Um, but, uh, so anyway, so I got what that allows you to do is it allows you just to pull back on the charging handle and release it and it goes forward into battery. So I've got that. I've also got the larger charging handle, uh, which just gives you a little bit better purchase. And I've also got the extended magazine release. Now it looks like on their newer models, they it kind of they, most of them come with an extended mag release, or maybe you can get them as an option. Uh, but I bought mine way back when, and that wasn't part of it. And you have to; it's not very convenient. You sort of have to turn the rifle and push up under there, and you know, it, it, again, it's just extra steps are designed in a way to to not allow a, a smooth transition from magazine to magazine. So. Uh, and I think, what else did I get? 
So anyway, I got those three. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to film that and put that on my YouTube channel, which is Every Blade of Grass 1 or something like that. I, but if you type in Every Blade of Grass over on YouTube, it might, I think my channel will come up, or Every Blade of Grass 1. The easiest way to do that is just to go over to Firearms Cafe or to thearmedape.com, so firearmscafe.com, and then you can just click on the YouTube button, and that'll take you right to my channel. Um in fact, I think I am uh, am going to do that right now and see see what it does and see where it takes me. Because it may actually give me the name if you wanted to search it in through through YouTube. Yeah, it's just every yeah, if you if you actually typed in, I think what you'd have to type in if you were if you're on YouTube is just every blade of grass 1. I think somebody else had that, like to be able to search for the, the thing. I don't know why how, they, all this computer stuff. Sometimes it, it seems like they make things kind of needlessly complicated. But anyway, that's I think when I was setting it up, that's the way I had to do it to get over. My channel name is Every Blade of Grass. The thing, if you typed in, I think through YouTube, you would have to type in Every Blade of Grass One. All an all one word, and then I think it would take you to sort of my home page, so to speak, over there. So anyway, long story short is I'm going to film all that stuff, and hopefully get that uploaded and going within the within this next week. So today's the first, so hopefully I'll have it up there maybe by Friday. And um, I tell you, just doing the uploads to to there, I I think I we need to probably upgrade our internet and our our. Uh, service provider and everything so that we can get some faster uploads because when I've uploaded some videos, man, it just takes forever. It seemed like for every minute of video that I've got because and some of it, I know I want to do it in high def because I've done some things on there. But anyway, it seems like every minute takes about an hour and then it seems like it goes real far and all of a sudden, you know, it says you're almost done and then it says it's, and it's another 10, 12 hours or something like that. So I've had videos where I've uploaded them and it's taken, I mean, literally, geez, something like 16, 17 hours for them to do. And I, I don't know if it's our our uh, internet just needs to be upgraded, you know, to where my upload is, is done or if it was something with YouTube where they've got so many things coming. I, you know, I don't know. But anyway, I think I am really, really babbling now. So again, if you know of any guests that you would like to have me on the show if you've got any feedback anything like that please feel free to send that in and i think yeah i think we're gonna call it to a close i think i need to end this train wreck right now oh make sure to stay tuned too i have a very special football fans of football will really love this part that's coming up so all right guys i will take oh good heavens all right let's try that again i will talk to you guys next time bye if you are excited to see Miss California Girl, Katy Perry, perform this weekend, we want to hear you roar. But if you literally have no idea what to expect on Sunday during the Katy Perry concert that they're just happy to stick in the middle.
middle of some football game, I think. Okay, fine, you guys, I know. It's the biggest football game of the year, AKA the Super Bowl. Well, if that is you, then hang tight because we are giving you a replay of some of the best moments from her press conference where she promises to not disappoint. So, I mean, is this anything new? I mean, does she ever disappoint? All right, so usually press conferences are supposed to be serious business. But leave it to KP to add some pizzazz to the event, starting with, of course, her outfit. She started onto the stage donning a long sleeve sweater and pleated skirt combo covered in footballs and football lacing patterns with matching football accessories, including earrings and a necklace. Check it out. I feel like I'm dressed for the ball. And she even took to Instagram to show off her painted piggies, saying, even my tippy toes are ready. And while we're on the topic of outfits, no Katy Perry concert would ever be complete without a plethora of crazy outfit changes, right? So she answers the question saying, costumes, really enunciating the plural on that word, by the way. Then she said, if I have 12 and a half minutes, I'm gonna take the opportunity to show off a few looks. I know there are gonna be some bets going on out there, so I will not ruin the surprise. Up next, if you are a huge football fan, or even if you're not, and you at least don't live under a rock, you've most likely heard the Patriots cheating scandal, AKA Deflategate. So you bet your bottom dollar that Katie would not miss an opportunity to make a humorous joke of her own. I don't think I'm so much of an expert on the game of football, but I think I can assure everyone in here that Nothing in my performance will be deflated. For our fourth best moment, we are sure you're wondering how Super Bowl performers stay in shape for their 12-minute long marathon of a performance. Well, we don't exactly know what Katie did to stay in shape, but we do know that she has been working hard to look her absolute best. So much so that she has refrained from eating, oh my gosh, she has refrained from eating Girl Scout Thin Mint cookies. More power to you, girl. But that will all change on Sunday night. I haven't really been able to eat, um the Thin Mint Girl Scout cookies that I love so much. Just because, you know, I want to be in the best shape and form I can. Although I have ordered a hundred uh, Thin Mint Girl Scout box cookies to be at the house after the show. Okay, okay, Katie, we get the hint. We would love to join you in devouring our weight in Thin Mint. Sign me up. Okay, on to the fifth and probably the most crazy moment during her press conference. She mentioned that a female throwback guest performer will literally melt your face off. She said, quote, I think when this person enters the stage and when you hear the first ring of the chord, jaws will drop and faces will melt. I'm so excited. So all bets are off, you guys. I mean, are we thinking maybe Britney, Madonna, Missy Elliott? What about Janet Jackson? That would be crazy. Regardless, we're already freaking stoked. Oh, and speaking of guest appearances, you may want to sit back and take a seat for this one. I will tell you that I think I'm probably the only person in Super Bowl halftime history that will ever bring both a lion and sharks to the show. You just can't blame her because this is how we do. You guys already know that. But not only will she feature wild animals during her performance saying, quote, my entrance and exit are very spectacular and have never been done before. Okay, so will she be entering from like a spaceship or something? Or maybe she'll exit away on the back of a lion. I would love that. And now for the eighth and most hilarious moment from Katie's press conference. Yeah, we definitely did say the best for last for all of you. She decided to channel her inner Marshawn Lynch, which for all of you football newbies out there, the Seahawks running back doesn't exactly like to speak at press conferences, answering questions with, I'm just here so I won't get fined. I love that he just gets straight to the point. So, of course, you can only guess what Katie ended the conference with. This is what you have your eye on this weekend. I'm just here so I don't get fined. I'm just here so I don't get fined. 
excited to see Katie perform this weekend. And you know who's even more excited? I'm probably more excited than anyone else. I'm very excited. Easy, girl. So you guys, tell us, is Katy Perry performing at the biggest event of the year, like your actual teenage dream, or what? And what songs are you dying to hear her perform? And please, Katie Cats, while you are here, you may want to wish Katie the best of luck since she will be in the presence of lions and sharks. Oh my. Thanks so much for tuning in to Clever News. I'm your host, Jocelyn Davis. And before you head off to enjoy your weekend, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And don't forget to check out the disc heard around the world. What does Katy Perry have to say about that T-Swift disc? You won't want to miss. So click right on over here. And if you cannot stop listening to Katie in preparation for Sunday, click to the left to check out other songs you didn't know were written by Katy Perry. And then you can shake it off over to the right to see the best songs off of Prism. And you might even get a chance to hear them on Sunday.